All right, good morning. Welcome to Airline Baptist Church. We are going to get our preschool and children to come up on the stage to present a couple songs for you that they learned at Bible school this week. We had an amazing week at Bible school. If you were not here, you missed out. You can talk to anybody who is here, and I think you will hear great stories from the week. Um, our theme this year was Twists and Turns, which was all about games, and it was all kinds of games, card games, board games, video games, really fun theme for the kiddos. Um, uh, I liked our Bible lessons this year. They focused on Peter, and they told different encounters that Peter had with Jesus throughout the week. So this week, the themes that they learned was Jesus was holy, Jesus is trustworthy, Jesus is forgiving, Jesus is worth following even when troubles come, and Jesus is for everyone. Those were kind of the themes for the days. Um... We had an average of 101 people. That's kids and adults here. Thought that was fabulous. Our highest day was Friday. We had 71 children here on campus on Friday that got to hear about Jesus. Uh, during missions time, Miss Joanna was able to share about Operation Christmas Child, and she did amazing. Kids were so excited about missions every day, but they learned how that they could give gifts that would go around the world. They had angry alpaca, and they turned him into happy alpaca because they raised so much money. Um, but the kids were really excited about that. The kids were able to pack 46 shoeboxes themselves, so they actually packed the boxes, and we will send them out around the world this fall when we do our annual Operation Christmas Child project. The big news, and some of you probably heard it, is our offering for the week. So we had a challenge between the boys and the girls to raise money for Operation Christmas Child for the postage to ship those shoeboxes where they go. So our challenge was to meet, the, the lower challenge was $1,000, and if they raised $1,000, Pastor Mike and I both got slimed, which happened, if you didn't see the video, it's out there, Friday. <laughs> but the big goal was was $1,500. Guys, these kids raised $1,500.39 in one week. It's amazing. So today, you are lucky enough to be here for Pastor Zach to get slimed at the end of service today. So consider yourself blessed for that privilege. <laughs> All right. Um, I did want to thank our volunteers. This week we had some challenges at the forefront that came up with the water and different things that had happened, but our volunteers were absolutely amazing. Everyone came, everyone served, they had a smile on their face, they did whatever was asked of them, they handled no matter how many kids were put in their classes, it was amazing. We had a great time, they shared God's love with every child who was here, they had joy, I just can't tell you how great it was. So just thank you to all my volunteers who were able to come and serve. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so our preschool is going to sing one of the songs that they learned first, and then everybody is going to sing a couple of the other songs that we learned. So preschool is up first. Show me your ways, show me your ways. 
Let's give it up one more time for our VBS crew. Well, good morning, friends, and happy Father Day to all of our fathers out there. Um, very thankful for each and every one of you. Um, if you'll get up on your feet and worship with us this morning. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the
Thank you so much for this time of worship. That, Lord, you are still there you, and we, we stand amazed in your presence, Father. Of all the things you've done, all the things that you're doing, and all the things that you're going to do. You never stop working. You never stop moving. And so, Father, we thank you for that. You are such a good Father. We love you. We praise you. And we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Well, amen. Good morning. Y'all be seated if you would. All right. Again, let me emphasize, happy Father's Day to all of the fathers here today. We're so glad that you're here to worship with us and be with us. And we come to that very special time. We, we were able to celebrate this a couple of weeks ago at Mother's Day, and now we're, we're blessed to be able to, to do it again. We're, we're going to have a dedication for parents and babies, brand new babies. So we're, we're excited to do that. So if you would, come on up, Corey and your family, Brett and your family, come on up. And, and uh, let's line up right, right here in dead center this time, okay? But we are uh, we're so glad to be able to spend this time recognizing these precious little babies aren't they cute oh my word and they're sleeping both of them we'll have to fix that all right <laughs> uh, first off this morning we have Corey and Ashley Williamson they are here with their newborn son Maverick Gray Williamson alias Batman that's a cute picture for sure. And if you're part of this family, would you stand today? You're part of this family. And we've got one back here in the back. <laughs> Y'all remain standing a while. Happy Father's Day to all of you. Happy Father's Day to you. Happy Grandfather's Day. Happy birthday. <laughs> I had to get that in. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But we're so, we're so proud of you, and I know how proud that y'all are today to celebrate this, this time together. Y'all be seated. And if you're part of Brett's family and Cammie's family, stand together. Amen. Glad y'all are here. Remain standing. And they're here today with their sweet little son. I, they sent me two pictures. One of them, he looked like he was like 
He's checking something out. Wouldn't like, but that's a cute picture. Jackson Rex Dodd, and he's just looking at mommy like she's just the stuff, right? It's Father's Day though, Jackson. How sweet. But anyway, we are so glad to be here with them today, and and it, it is an important time because, you know, God gives us a lot of instruction about raising our children, raising our children, and it's a. Um, it's a serious thing. Those of us who have have children, you don't. You, I used to say, "Boy, when I get them out of diapers, it's going to be easy." Boy, when I get them, you know, uh-uh. When I get them, you know, when they eat regular food, uh-uh. Even when you say, "Man, when I get them off to school, uh-uh." How about, "Man, when I get them married off?" <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Raising our children is a lifetime thing, and we're blessed. Having children in our family is a real blessing. Um, my best friend and my best, two of my, my two best friends are my son and my daughter uh, and their spouses. They're a close second. So it's, 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 it's a lifetime of blessing with, with these children. So we're here today, and parents, I'm going to read you something. And I want you to respond. We do. Now, this is a, this is a pledge, kind of like the marriage vows. You remember the marriage? I, I had to, man, how special. I was able to marry these two, and now dedicating this young baby here and them as parents, how special, how special. But I'm going to read this, and as I read it, you all respond, we do, okay? Parents, both parents, do you recognize that Maverick and Jackson are gifts from God and both thank God and glorify God for the gift of your child. We do. All right. Do you accept the joys and the responsibilities of parenting, promising to give proper love and care to Maverick and Jackson throughout their entire life? We do. With God's help, do you commit to teach Maverick and Jackson the fullness of God's word and to demonstrate through your own examples and witness what it means to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. We do. All right. That's good. And as we mentioned the, the last time, churches is our responsibility too. Amen. This is our church family. They are bringing kids in here. And I love this. I love all kinds of growth in the church, but this is my favorite. Amen. The, the growth where they, they're, just, they're just here. And, and these children, like so many others, are here all their life, babies, taking part in everything that's, that's there, the preschool, the nursery first, then the preschool, then the children's, then the students, and then they find their place of service in church. That's, that's, the, way, that's the way church family works. So church, I want you to stand, okay? I've got a, uh, I've got a commitment to request from you as a congregation of Airline Baptist Church. And as I read this, you say we will if you commit to do these things, okay? As a church, will you commit to offer your ongoing love, support and prayers and encouragement to Corey and to Ashley and to Brett and to Cammie in their role as parents? Okay, a little, little more confirming church. 
We will. Amen. Some of you are going to be teachers. Some of you are going to be a big part in their life in church. And some of you are just going to be people they remember who are always here, who are always faithful. That in itself is an example of, of how to grow and how to mature as a Christian. Just being a good example. Okay. One other thing. Will you also be faithful and praying for Maverick and Jackson as much as you're able to? To help teach and to set a godly example for them so that you might one so that they might one day come to trust in Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. We will. Amen. Thank you, church. And y'all just remain standing for this. We have some gifts that we, we've already handed them to them. There we go. A Bible and a little certificate of dedication for not a Bible, but you know, one of them for for children. Amen. So we're, we're so thankful for y'all, and we'll be praying for you, and we're here for you as a church. And we just can't wait to see what God's going to do with, with your sweet family over the years. Okay, amen. Let's all pray together, all right? Let's pray. Go ahead and clap first. Amen. That's good. Amen. That's great. Church, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you, and we thank you so much for the privilege and the blessing of being able to to recognize and to honor these two families and these, these boys this morning, these precious lives that you've given them to care for and to take responsibility for and to nurture and to show your ways, God, in everything that they do. And so, Lord, I just pray you'd be with them and be with us as a church that we would grow together, we'd learn together, and would be all that you've called us to be for your honor and for your glory. Thank you so much again for this day, for your goodness. We give you all the honor and all the praise. And all of God's house says, Amen. Amen. Thank y'all. So glad to see you here on this Father's Day. And so just to echo what's already said, happy Father's Day or grandparent, grandfather's day. Whatever role that you have, happy Father's Day. Um, anybody wake up with new power tools today? No, some did, some, some didn't. Um, but no, so excited. And just to echo what Mike said, I, I love um, parent baby dedication. Because that's, that's some of the exciting times in a church. I'll tell you, church, a church that has the needs expanding in the nursery and children's ministry, that's a healthy church. Amen? And so we're so excited for that. So I invite you to turn to the book of Haggai as we continue in our series today. And just, just to echo what's already been said, VBS was a phenomenal week this week. Um, it was a long week, a tiring week, but man, it was a, it was a fantastic time. And so if, if you volunteered, helped out in VBS in any way this week, would you just stand up real quick? Um, and so all, all our volunteers, if you led, taught.
And so thank you all so much for the sacrifice that, that you made. Um, and we, we will not know the eternal impact that was made this week and until we get to heaven. Um, the seeds that were planted, the gospel was shared. And so, so thankful for the time and effort and energy that you put in to making this week happen. And so we just want to take a moment just to honor you this morning for that sacrifice. So the book of Haggai, as we turn there, and we're in chapter 2 still, it just kind of recap where we've been over the past few weeks. Um, so we started out in the book of Haggai, and the people have a problem. They've returned from exile, and yet their priorities were off. They were focused more on other things than actually restoring their worship and rebuilding the temple. They were focused more on not necessarily bad things. They were just trying to rebuild their lives, but their priorities were off. And so God asked them the question all the way back in chapter 1, but why, why are you living in paneled houses while the house of God lies in ruins? And then so the people start to rebuild. And God encourages them and he reminds them of his presence. Then like last week we saw that they needed some encouragement along the way. But this week there's a, there's a shift in in the text, all, all, all this time, the, the, the focus has been on the project that was at hand. But now God is going to shift from addressing the project that is at hand to the people. So let's see this. Let's read through it, then we'll look at a few things, starting in verse number 10. It says, on the 24th day of the ninth month in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet. Thus says the Lord of hosts, ask the priest about the law. If someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and touches, and touches with his fold bread or stew or wine or oil or any kind of food, does it become holy? The priest answered and said, no. Then Haggai said, if someone who is unclean by contact with a dead body touches any of these, does it become unclean? The priest answered and said, it does become unclean. Then Haggai answered, with this nation before me declares the Lord. there is unclean. Now then consider from this day onward before stone was placed upon stone in the temple of the Lord, how did you fare? When one came to a heap of 20 measures, there were but 10. When one came to a wine vat to draw 50 measures, there were but 20. I struck you and all the products of your toil with blight and with mildew and with hail, Yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. Consider from this day onward, from the 24th day of the ninth month, since the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider 
is the seed yet in the barn. Indeed, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have yielded nothing. But from this day on, I will bless you. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you. And God, we come to you as a people who stand in need of hearing from your word. And so God, would you speak to us today? God, let us hear what you have to say to us. And God, we will give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. Speak to us, Lord. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. And so we see that the shift take place here. So the past three weeks, as, as you know, we've, the focus has been on rebuilding the temple, rebuilding the house of God. So they've got this project that is in front of them. And now all of a sudden God shifts the attention from the project to the people. It's no longer just about having a holy temple but having a holy people. So I want us to notice a few things this morning. First, we see the principles of holiness, the principles of holiness. So we go back and it says the 24th day of the ninth month. So from last week to this week, roughly two months have passed. It says in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet. Thus says the Lord of hosts, ask the priest about the law. So if you know anything about Old Testament law, there were certain rules and regulations about what was clean and what was unclean. That there were particular types of clean food that one could eat. And there were unclean foods that one could eat. And so this is that entire section of Leviticus that when we go through our Bible in a year plan, we hit this section and immediately turn to the New Testament, right? We hit that weird section of Leviticus and just fast forward to the New Testament. But there's all of these purity laws and all of these regulations, and particularly for the priests and certain things they could touch and certain things that they couldn't touch, certain things they could be a part of and certain things they could not be a part of. So God, in making this illustration, he says, go ask the priest. So if someone carries holy meat, so this is meat that has been dedicated to sacrifice. This is meat that has been dedicated to the worship of God. In the fold of his garment and touches with his fold bread or stew or wine or oil or any kind of food, does it become holy? Now there were certain rules and throughout the book of Leviticus, where something could be touched and be made holy. But the point that, that God is making here in Haggai was, this is just kind of incidental contact. This isn't something intentional. It's okay, the, the holy meat touched the fold of the garment, and then the fold of the garment touches this. Does that mean that that last object is now holy? Notice what, God, what the priest Say, the priest answered and said, no. Then Haggai said, if someone who is unclean by contact with a dead body touches any of, the, any of these, does it become unclean? The priest answered and said, it does become unclean. 
clean. So while incidental contact didn't make one holy, incidental contact in the Old Testament law could make one unclean. So this is the point that God is making. Now here's what we have to wrestle through when we think about this. The first question is this, is what does it mean to be holy? What is holiness? And at the root, the term to be holy or holiness is just simply to be set apart, to be consecrated, to be sanctified, that you're plucked out of something and you're set apart from that. That at its basic meaning, that's all being holy is, is that you are set apart. Now, here's the important thing, church. Holiness, and I want you to hear me this morning. Holiness is not about my ability to follow more rules and regulations. That's not holiness. Holiness is being further set apart for God. Holiness is not having a bigger checklist. Holiness is growing towards God. And here's why this is important, because we can think that we're growing in holiness. We can think that we're being sanctified. We can think we have our lives together, but we're not growing towards God. We're just getting better at behavioral modification. We're just getting better at getting our sins in check. But our hearts aren't growing towards God. We're not being further set apart for God. That's not holiness. Now, that's not to say that the rules and regulations are important. This past Christmas, Whitney gave me the joy of assembling a gift for Sophia. We got one of those little kitchen things. She said, you get to put this together for Christmas. Yes. I've dreamed of this moment as a father. So I get out my Phillips head, and I got the instruction manual, and I just kind of, I didn't even flip through it all the way. I just kind of started at page one and just kind of started putting it together. An hour and a half goes by, Whitney calls me, and she goes, how's it going putting it together? I said, good, I'm on step three. And she goes, well, how many steps are there? I said, I don't even know. So I flipped all the way through because part of my mind was like, okay, this is, this is a thick booklet and it's probably got multiple languages in it. No, it was all English and it was 39 steps. It was cute. So way into the night, I finally get this project finished. But here's the thing, that instruction manual told me what to do, but that was not the end in and of itself. The end 
was sitting there with my daughter as she prepares me fake food and I pretend to eat it. That was the end. The end was not assembling the kitchen. The rules told me how to assemble the kitchen, but that wasn't the end. That was the means to the end. And so when it comes to God's rules and his regulations for our lives, that's not the end. That's the means to the end. So when God tells me how to live and he tells you how to live, it's not just so that we would have a better checklist. It's so that we would grow close to him so that we would be further set apart for him. Why? Because he's the creator and he knows exactly how his creation should operate. He knows what's good for his creation. So when God gives us rules and regulations to live by, it's that instruction manual to here's how my creation operates. And that when we do live inside of God's creation and we live inside God's created order, you know what happens? Flourishing happens. Like it's Father's Day, we can talk about this. Like when a father lives according to the scripture, loves his wife sacrificially as Christ loved the church, raises his children in the fear and admonition of the Lord, that's a beautiful thing. And flourishing takes place in that context. Why? Because that's how God created it. So what is holiness? It's understanding the difference between the means and the end. Holiness is not my ability to keep a, keep a longer checklist. Why? Because if that's my view, that's going to end in pride, right? That's going to either end in pride or despair based on my own ability to do behavioral modification. It ends in pride because I can look at my life and look at Mike's life and go, I've got a longer checklist than Mike does. I'm holier than he is. Or it ends in despair because I look at my life and I look at Mike's life and I go, he's got a longer checklist than I do. I'm not doing something right. But that's not holiness. That's not being set apart. That's just following a checklist. And so what is holiness? To be set apart. To, for God to call us apart. But then the second part of this, in this text, this idea of is holiness transferred or is impurity transferred or uncleanness transferred? And understand this, growing in holiness being set apart does not happen by accident. Like you don't just unintentionally grow in your closeness to God. It doesn't happen incidentally. It doesn't happen by accident. Just like the illustration that God's giving the Israelites. Something doesn't just become holy by incidental contact. But understand this, something can become unclean by incidental contact. You're not going to accidentally grow closer to God. But you can accidentally take a few steps back. 
If we're not intentional, we don't just stay the same. We're either stepping closer to God or we are stepping further away from him. So we see the principles of holiness, but then second, we see the problem of the people. Verse 14, then Haggai answered and said, so is it with this people and with this nation before me, declares the Lord. And so with every work of their hands and what they offer there is unclean. So what is God telling them? You're, you're, you're building the temple. You're rebuilding it, but you're doing it with unclean hands. And think about the illustration that he just gave. You're not going to incidentally get there or accidentally get there. He said you're building it with unclean hands. They were doing all the right things, were they not? They, they had heeded God's command to begin to rebuild the temple. They were making sacrifices to rebuild the temple. They were doing all the things that God had commanded them, but yet God is going, you are spiritually unclean. Your spiritual condition is not right. And make no mistake about it, church. You and I cannot trade our spiritual condition for religious activity. It is no substitute. You and I may think simply because our lives are filled with religious activity that spiritually we're doing okay, when the reality is we are either spiritually dead or we're spiritually starving. But because I have all of this religious activity going on in my life, I think I'm okay. Because that's exactly what the Israelites were doing, right? We're rebuilding the temple. We're doing the things that God had commanded. And yet their hearts were not clean. And yet they were not set apart for God. And yet they were not growing in holiness and righteousness. But their lives were filled with all kinds of religious activity. And we can sit here today and we can think because I tithe, because I attend life group, because I do this, because I do that, that we're spiritually okay. When if we were to be honest this morning, you may be sitting here going, I'm just not spiritually okay. I'm just not spiritually okay. I recognize that my spiritual condition isn't there. And hear me, religious activity will, is not a substitute for that. Religious activity is not a substitute for, first and foremost, God taking your heart and making it alive. It's not a, it's not a substitute. But then second, religious activity is not a substitute for God's sanctifying process. It's not a substitute. But here's the thing that's beautiful. Is when I understand that it's not a substitute, but when the religious activity comes from the overflow of my spiritual condition. 
So all of a sudden, my tithing, my giving, my teaching, my leading, whatever it is, is not in replacement of my spiritual condition, but an overflow from my spiritual condition. So all of those things are not done so that God would love me. All of those things are not done so that God would accept me. All of those things are done because I already have been loved. I already have been accepted. And so it's coming from the overflow of that into my religious activity. It makes all the difference. That when I give, I'm not giving going, okay, God, maybe if I give a little more, you would love me. When I teach, I'm not teaching so that if I teach a little more, you would love me. If I lead a little bit more, if I serve a little bit more, if I volunteer a little bit more, you would love me. But instead, it's, God, you've already extravagantly loved me. God, you, you loved me to the point where you sent your own son in my place. That I'm already extravagantly loved. I'm already extravagantly accepted in Christ. And so I give and I teach and I serve out of the overflow of that. Not to get something from God, but because God has already given me everything. Religious activity is no substitute for spiritual condition. But religious activity is a beautiful thing when it is the overflow of our spiritual condition. So we see the principles of holiness, the problem of the people. But then third, we see the presence of the Lord's discipline. He says, now then consider from this day Onward. I just want to pause there for a second. Because we see this again repeated in a couple of verses. To consider from this day onward. That this day was to be a spiritual marker for the people. That they were to look back and go, I remember when God told us this and then we move forward. Remember, from the, consider this from this day onward, before stone was placed upon stone in the temple of the Lord, how did you fare? When one came to a heap of 20 measures, there were but 10. When one came to, a, to the wine vat to draw 50 measures, there were but 20. I struck you and all the products of your toil with blight and with mildew and with hail, yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. Now we have to be cautious here. Because what, what we don't want to do in approaching the Bible is we don't want to take Old Testament, Old Covenant prompt covenant blessings and promises and try to apply them to today. Okay, why? Because we're new covenant. We're under the blood of Christ. And so those covenant cursings and blessings we see in the Old Testament do not apply to us today in that direct sense. But we can still make application of them. Because you see, well, we're not under God's wrath. That wrath has been fully absorbed by Christ. There's still practical 
blessings and cursings, right? I mean, just think about it. If we were, if we were to leave here today and you see on the news airline pasture arrested for stealing from convenience store. It's probably an ice cream bar. What would follow that, that, that situation of events would be bad, right? Like that action, that act of disobedience on my part would not only impact me, it would impact my family, right? It would impact our church, right? Is that tied to covenant blessing and cursing? No, that's just a practical reality of sin. It's going to have negative impacts. And so just like he's asking here, you, you've really, life is difficult and you're wondering why life is difficult. It's because you've been disobedient in these areas for the Israelites. And sometimes that may be the case in our lives. Not every time, because sometimes life is just difficult, right? And so I'm not saying if you're going through a difficult season to examine the sin in your life, I'm not saying that at all. But for us to understand that there are practical sides of this. But then second, there's also God's providential blessings and curses. That he does some providential things. And I'm going to tell you something that may offend you this morning in our kind of modern sensibilities of who God is and what God does, sometimes out of the love God has for you and the care that God has for you, he will lovingly break your fingers to get them off of an idol. And that's hard. Because sometimes we love that idol, we love that thing that we've built our life around, and God will lovingly pry our fingers off of it. Why? Because he loves us. Because he cares for us. And he knows what's best for our lives is not centering our lives around that idol that we've created. So that's good, God's good providence. And so in going back to the Israelites, he's going, you're looking around and you recognize things aren't going well, things aren't going right. But how does he finish the sentence? Yet you did not return to me. These people were so stubborn that they're sitting and looking around going, it just is what it is. And did not return. To the point where God even says, I did this. I struck you with this. And I know that's hard for us to wrap our minds around. That God didn't even try to pass the buck on something else. He said that some natural, some natural disasters came about your way. As though God is the passive onlooker. But he says, I did this. Why? Because God was trying to get their attention that what they were doing was not working. 
And when we understand God's good created order and God's design for our lives, when you and I live in disobedience, we will realize and recognize that it does not work. We'll constantly be living a life going, what's going on? So we see the, pro- the presence of the Lord's discipline. But then lastly, we see the promise of the Lord's blessing. Thankfully, God does not leave them there. He says, consider from this day onward, from the 24th day of the ninth month, since the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider, is the seed yet in the barn? Indeed, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, the olive tree have yielded nothing. There's nothing in the barn. There's not even seed in the barn. So what does that mean? That not only do they have nothing today, they have no seed to plant for tomorrow. So not only is today looking bad, tomorrow's not looking any better. Next week's not looking any better. But from this day on, I will bless you. God's going, that's not of any of your concern. The barn may be empty. The seed may be out. But I'm in control. I will bless you. You know what, you know what living a life of holiness being set apart looks like? It just looks like trusting that God will take care of things. That I simply have to live the life that God has called me to live, draw close to him, walk with him. And I trust him to sort out the rest. That even in those seasons of life where there's nothing in the barn, there's no seed, that's not my responsibility to worry about. I just draw near to him and trust him to work those things out. That's what being set apart looks like. So as we come to our central idea this morning, it's this. The Lord's intention is a holy people engaged in holy tasks. From Old Testament to New Testament, from Old Covenant to New Covenant, from Genesis to today, God's intention has been and always has been and always will be a holy people engaged in holy tasks. This isn't an either or. This isn't a... Because there's a ditch on both sides of the road, is there not? That we can say, we want to be a holy people, and so we're going to isolate and insulate ourselves. We're going we're to keep the world out. We're going to lock everybody out and just focus on being a holy people. And we will completely miss 
the holy task that God has for us. Or we can go to the other ditch in the road. We can say, we're going to do these holy tasks, but we are not going to think or talk about being a holy people. We have to have both. So what does this mean? It means we individually as the church seek to be set apart for God. So how do we do that? First and foremost, we grow in our vertical relationship with God. We spend time with him. Spend time in his word. We spend time in prayer. We just spend time with him. But then second, we also do that by spending time with believers. Because here's the thing I love about the church. Because the church has this reputation of, you know, we're just a bunch of hypocrites, that we, we act like we've got our lives all together. And anyone who says that does not understand the gospel. Why? Because the gospel states we are infinitely more jacked up than we could ever comprehend. That it's not just that we do some bad things, but our very nature itself is broken. And that we need a savior. And so if that is the foundation and the bedrock of our faith, that gospel proclamation, then what is the point of even faking like we have it all together? Like we all gather together and we have problems and we have issues, we have sin and temptation that all of us in this room are dealing with. Why? Because that's what the scripture teaches. So what is even the point in pretending like we don't? So when we gather together, we wrap arms and we walk together in that. That's how we grow in holiness. That's how we grow in sanctification. It begins just like we talk about. That's the beginning of authentic relationships. That we love each other. We challenge one another to grow in holiness. We don't challenge one another to have a bigger checklist. We challenge one another to grow closer to Christ. So a holy people engaged in holy tasks. What are those? It's the worship of our God. It's a holy task, is it not? Like it's set apart. Like there's so many other things you could be doing this morning. Some of you probably have grass that needs cut. I know I do. You may have lunch plans, dinner plans. Like this is different than the world around us. This is a holy task. Part of that, we're called to make disciples of the world. That is a holy task task. So as the band comes back to the stage,
This isn't either or. It's both and. We are called to be a church of holy people engaged in holy tasks. Because this is the question I've just been wrestling with all week. What is the point of being a church with an excellent budget, excellent numbers, excellent everything, if lives are not changed? What's the point? Like they were engaged in holy tasks, they were rebuilding the temple. But they were not changed. For us, we are called to be a holy people engaged in holy task. So would you join me this morning in praying to that end? Some, some of you, it may be today is the day that you go, I don't even know Christ I want to know Christ today. Pastor, you talk about spiritual condition. I am spiritually dead. Come to know Christ today. Or maybe you're sitting here going, Pastor, I know Christ, but spiritually I am just dry. Would you come and talk to us? But then what if we collectively as a church rallied together and said we want to be a holy people engaged in holy mission? Not so that we can build the best budget, not so that we can have the most people in the pews, but, that's, but so that we would see lives transformed by the gospel. Would we pray to that end today? Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. God, we pray now. Would you speak to our hearts? Would you move in our midst? And God, we'll give you all the praise, honor, and glory. We pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen. I invite you to stand as we respond. If you need to come pray, this altar is open. If you need someone to pray with, just invite you to come. Clint and Mike, Pastor Clint and Pastor Mike will be standing down here if you need someone to pray with this morning. Let's respond.
Amen, amen. Thank you, Brother Quez. Thank you. Amen. Wasn't that a good message from our pastor? Wow, I love that. Hey, y'all, thank you so much for being here today, and I hope that you have a wonderful Father's Day. And Landon, I want you and uh, what's your name? CJ. <laughs> and that other boy been helping y'all, Jarrett. Y'all go out there. They're getting something ready outside. We've got a special treat for the fathers today. Please don't leave without going by their table. It'll be out here in the front. We've got a special treat for you today, fathers. So, mother, you're going to have to drive home while they enjoy their treat. Amen? If you can do that. <laughs> if you can do that. But listen, y'all do that for me and have a good day today. All right? Um, just a couple more things. I'll let you go. Number one, I've got to say this. We had, a, we had a fantastic week in Bible school. Uh, Mandy and all her team deserve another hand, so do that. Amen. That was great. Thanks to everybody that had a part in that. One other thing you may or may not know, we had, we had one of those, you know, when, something, when God's going to do something good, Satan don't like it, so he does something bad. Y'all know if y'all were here last week, we didn't have any water. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. But you know, God blessed. God answered prayer and worked that out. And I, and I just, I got to say this. Thank you, Ricky Brown. Thank you, Randall Brown. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Bobby Reed. Thank you, TJ. And all his team, TJ's father. And all of his crew, they, they, they were on it. And we had water Thursday morning. We were good to go. We didn't know what. I mean, we were looking at, we were digging up the whole parking lot. We had no idea. But God blessed, and we were able to get that done with little to no damage. So thank God for that. Amen. That was good. It's a good blessing. Listen, this week, of course, we won't have anything Wednesday night this week. The students will be leaving tomorrow morning on the way to summer camp huge camp in uh, North Greenville University. So pray for them. We're going to have a good time, but pray that we'll do a lot of the things that we're uh, being preached uh, this morning. We'll grow and we'll mature, learn more about uh, God and learn more how to better serve him. So pray for the students as we're gone. And one other, one other date I want you to remember real quick, um, June 28th. We're going to have a family night at the lake out at Laurel Park. I think we're meeting around 530. We'll get more details later, but plan to be there for that. We'll have a good time. Just uh, just hang out, chill out. We may eat something. I don't know. Oh, I'm going to eat. I don't know. But we're, June 28th, about 530 at Laurel Park. Be there for that, and let's have a good time. All right, now listen. I'm, I'm, I'm about to pray in a minute, and I want us to dismiss, but this time I want us to orderly and quickly Dismiss to the front porch, get you a good view looking out towards the northeast, kind of that way, because our pastor is sitting down there in a the chair. I don't know who's going to have the honors. I told him I couldn't do it. I mean, you know, Lord won't let me do that to the pastor, but he's going to get slimed this morning, and the reason he's going to get slimed is because of our children's efforts and work. I don't know if they, did you, did you say exactly how much they raised? $1,500, y'all. Quarters, nickels, and dimes. <laughs> Poor people had to count that stuff. But anyway, what a great week. Uh, go out there, witness that. 
Uh, such a good sport. Thank you, Pastor Zach, for being willing. Uh, Mandy and I got our chance Friday. It was fun. Um, but let's do that. And again, fathers, go out front and get your treat. Enjoy your day. Be blessed. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you so much for this day. God, thank you for the wonderful message. Thank you for the good report from Bible school. Thank you for all your many, many blessings. God, we pray that you'd use us, that you'd grow us into a, a church, a place, a group of people who are about your business and everything that we do. God, we love you and we thank you now. You be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen.